Hi, welcome back to Restoration History. I am doing something a little bit more informal today. I don't have any notes or anything that's really going to get us to a um, specific topic of conversation in history. Um, I just, I just wanted to have a conversation and this might actually become one of those like 15 minute conversations with Sarah kind of a thing. Um, where we, we talk about things that are related in some way, shape, or form to history, but at the same time don't necessarily uh, bring us into the past or show us certain certain people or events or circumstances. Um, more it has to do with a theme. Um, and I've really started that right from the beginning with the idea that this this world cannot be viewed correctly. Uh, and I know that's going to be controversial to some who don't believe in a Judeo-Christian worldview, but it cannot be viewed correctly except through a Christian worldview, um, a Judeo-Christian worldview, because of the fact that if you take out the maker of the universe, the creator God, then you remove the very purpose, the very reason, the very foundational principle of why this world is even in existence as it is. Today I'm just going to talk. Um, I have been struggling with sickness all week long, so I'm really exhausted. It's not going to be a long one. I'm not going to go into a long soapbox type of a thing, but I just wanted to converse and kind of goes along with something that I just wrote recently on my blog. Today was a rough day. Uh, we heard just... There's just so much going on in our personal circle of friends and relationships, as well as in our own family. And also just, it's very easy to look at the world as is, to see American culture as is, to hear all of the battles that are being fought against what is right and good and just in this world. And it's so easy to get discouraged and downtrodden and not really know what to do other than sit down in a corner and weep. And I had a moment like that today. We've been fighting sickness all week long, so I'm extra vulnerable as it is. Trying not to cry right now, (laughs) just a little bit extra weepy today. Um, And it's just, it's so easy to get to that point where you just sit down and you feel nothing but pain. And it doesn't have to be physical pain. It doesn't have to be spiritual pain. Um, But you just feel pain. And it is overwhelming. You look at what's going on in the world. You look at your families. You look at the people that you love the most. Friends, uh, acquaintances. We had uh, a long-standing member of the federal government die today. I mean, we just... All of these things. And I look at that and, and it is so easy to sit up and just want to weep and not to be a Debbie Downer or anything. Um, I'm sure I will have more exciting adventures to share in the next week, but I didn't want to go this week. I was actually contemplating just canceling this week's episode because I'm just, I'm exhausted and and it's been a a wearying week. (laughs) It it was one of those sicknesses where you can feel it coming on as it just kind of creeps into every aching joint of your body and it is not fun so um, I'm over the worst of it fortunately but I just I was still just so exhausted today I'm like I just don't even want to do an episode but I just felt 
a burden to to do so. Um, and again, part of the reason is because if we don't understand the course of history, if we don't understand our place in this world, if we do not understand God's place and purpose in this world, then it is very easy to be at that point all the time. And we can have moments of happiness. We can have moments of what seems like good and everything's bright and right with the world. But we will often, very often, if we don't have that perspective of who God is, that hope, that future, if we don't have that perspective, then we can only look back on all of the evils of the world and all of the evils of history, all of the things that have been done wrong and throughout time and see, well, what is the point in continuing to fight for meaning and purpose? What is the point? Why? What are we looking for? What do we have to fight for? And I keep going back to this idea that it does feel like a never-ending battle against evil, against the evils of this world, whether it be pain and suffering, whether it be war, whether it be apathy in the void, as my husband likes to say. Whatever it is we're fighting for individually or for ourselves or for others, there's something to be said for understanding that there is a purpose and a hope and something worth fighting for. It's why I started this this podcast. There is something in this world, in this, in this American experiment that is worth fighting for. And it does not come from a bunch of old white guys in powdered wigs sitting around trying to decide the future for the rest of the world's generations of, of American people. That's not the point. The point is, is that they, in their thinking and planning for America, they had a hope and something worth fighting for outside of themselves. So I was reading or I was listening to, no, I got to go back a little bit more. I was praying because uh, somebody asked for prayer. Somebody close to me asked for prayer. And as I was praying, I was just feeling that weight of the hopelessness of what the situation was. And I had had I'd put on some music uh, in the background on my computer and it was just very, very quietly playing. And my my son came in and asked if he could turn the volume up and um, he turned it up just a notch because I was still in the middle of prayer. And I was just like, that's what I want to focus on. And I heard I heard one line in this song and it was let the devil know not today. And so I've been listening to this song over and over and over again just because of that one line. Because that was exactly the point where I was at was what is the point? What is the purpose? Why do I keep fighting? It's because every day that devil in our lives has to know that he is not going to win. Not ever. He thinks he's got it. And he will fight with his last breath to destroy anybody who stands against him, anybody who stands for good and for reason and for God, for truth, for country, for family. Anybody who stands for anything good in this world is actively opposed against the devil, opposed to him. And he hates it because it is one more reminder that he is not the winner in this war. (laughs) 
he is not. He will never, ever be the winner in this war. That is something that I have reminded myself over and over again in my own personal battles, watching the politics in this, in this America. He is not going to win this war. He has won battles because we've allowed him to. We've given him some power in various areas of our life. That is why we see America's foundations crumbling because we have slowly stripped away the very foundations that have held this nation together because they were exactly opposed to, or they were exactly, I'm sorry, they were exactly uh, in favor of acknowledging the creator God who gave us these rights and liberties. Family, church, community, All of these things, our individual autonomy as human beings, our rights and our freedoms, all of these things are being battled against. And we have slowly and surely, as a people, we have given those rights and freedoms over little by little until every one of them is crumbling. It does not mean they cannot be restored and rebuilt. And what we have to say is absolutely not, no more. Devil's not going to win today. And we have to pick up our cross and we have to fight these battles. That is exactly what Christ did when he went to the cross for us. And it is exactly what he is asking each one of his disciples, his witnesses, his gospel takers. (laughs) He is asking us to go to the cross day by day, pick it up and carry it. Because what he stands for is victory because he has already won. So I was reading uh, after this, listening to this song. I read this quote by C.S. Lewis. It immediately hit me as soon as I was listening to the song. This quote, I've heard it over and over again. It is one of my favorite quotes by C.S. Lewis. What he says is, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. This world is deaf right now. That's what's going on right now. We have a deaf world. We have a deaf people who are refusing to listen to the fact that we are destroying ourselves through our, whether it's our ignorance, whether it's our absolute rejection, outright rejection of God, or whether it is our, our just going about doing life and just getting lost in it and not really understanding that there is a battle that we are fighting day in and day out. It is a hard fight. It hurts like hell sometimes, but it is so worth fighting for. I was just reading, again, reader in me, I was reading Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. He's in the middle of war. He's a president who, who it, the presidency had already aged him well beyond his years. He, had, he was, he, I believe at this time he had lost his son. His wife was sick with grief. He was just devastated by the cost of this war on his family, on his country, on his fellow men. And yet he stood in front of people, his people, to give this address in the middle of this war after the Battle of Gettysburg. And he's, he delivered this speech. It was a small speech, and yet somehow it has been preserved. And he said, fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. That alone made people stand and pause. All men are created equal. We were conceived in liberty. They were fighting a battle right from the beginning. The moment that the first 
pioneer first colonist stepped foot on this soil, we were fighting a battle for something that was greater than ourselves. Now we are in great, engaged, he says, in a great civil war testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We human beings, we endure so much pain and so much suffering to fight the battles that we fight. Cancer, a sick relative, family dysfunction, a child who's gone astray and is hurting your heart as a parent, family members who have rejected the offer of restoration that you've handed to them, that you've reached out a hand and, and are reaching out and asking for it. All of these things, those pains, our, our depression that we suffer with, our mental illnesses or disabilities or whatever we want to call it, the, the struggles that just tear at us stresses at work all of these things are things that we have we endure day by day and sometimes that get that battle gets so hard we are met on a great battlefield of that war we have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who, who here gave their lives that this nation might live some of us fight to the end of our lives no matter how short or how long those lives may be we fight a war constantly against our sin and flesh, against uh, the enemies, foreign and domestic, our, our nation's brave soldiers, against family, again, family issues and struggles, health of our loved ones, and all of those things. Sometimes those are battles that we fight with our, to our dying breath. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that this nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hollow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or, or detract. We don't know often the struggles that others, other people go through. We don't we don't understand it. We, we can sympathize, but there are many times we can't empathize with another person because we haven't been in their shoes. We haven't struggled with the same struggles they have, and yet we all have the common bond of being human beings who struggle in life, who fight against whatever battle, personal battle we are fighting, and we do have that common bond of humanity that has given us community that has given us families that has given us churches that has given us larger social circles that offer us support that we can only just reach out for and realize that we are not alone the brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract the world will little note nor long remember what we say here but it can never forget what they did here the people who've gone before us they, they make it worth fighting for, continuing to fight for the people who come after us as well. I have four beautiful little children, and they are my pride and joy. And yet, I often feel the weight of the battle that I have to fight for them. If I want them to remain free, if I want them to enjoy the absolute privilege and amazing benefits of being an American citizen, of, of being in a family with a father and a mother, with people who love them. I, I need to continue to fight for that. I can't just sit stagnantly and, and just watch everything crumble when, when the going gets tough. It is for us, the living rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they have fought here, have thus far so nobly advanced. 
It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last measure of devotion, last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. Now I know this is based on a horrible battle that took thousands of lives, and it, he's talking specifically to the people who came to dedicate the ground in memorial to the soldiers who died there. But I want us to also take this in the context of the fact that there are those who have gone before us, who have paved the way, who have shown us what, why the fight is worth fighting for, why the battle is worth fighting for, why this war is worth fighting for. And yet we can't just rest on that in what we would call peacetime, <laughs> even though Right now, this world is in upheaval. Some would say, well, you know, we're living our life. We're doing our work. We're going day to day. Our kids are in school. You know, we're doing good, right? We're at peace in a sense. And yet there's this constant push and pull, this tug of war going on that is reminding us that we have unfinished business. The battles that the people before us fought are still going to be battles that we are going to be fighting again and again. And once again, not today, devil. <laughs> Let the devil know not today. This is not his time. We, we have given him too much ground and we need to take it back. This is one of those biggest reasons why I chose to speak on history. Because if we don't know our history, if we don't know what we are fighting for and why others before us thought it worth fighting for, then what's the point? Why do we keep fighting? Why not just live day to day? Live out our 60, 70, 80, 90 years, whatever we're granted, and then we die. Why not just let it be at that? Why can't we just live at peace? Others fought for us. Others died for us so we could be at peace. What is so wrong with that? The battle's not over. The war is not over yet. Or is it? Well, if we look at it from God's perspective, he's already claimed the victory. But the rest of us were catching up. And that's really what I wanted to get at today. So wherever you are in a time of hurting, in, in a wounding in your deepest, darkest part of you, whether it's family, whether it's this nation, whether it's Whatever it is, whatever is causing, whether, whether it's health, whatever it is that is causing you to sit in that numbness, in that pain, let that be a megaphone for you. Turn that pain into something worth fighting for. I remember a story about, oh, she was a hymn writer. So it was Fanny Crosby. She is a very prolific hymn writer, um, blind almost from birth. Uh, lost a child with her husband. She um, just one thing right after another. And here's a hymn that she wrote. Conquering now and still to conquer, rideth a king in his might, leading the host of all the faithful into the midst of the fight. See them with courage advancing, clad in their brilliant array, shouting the name of their leader. Hear them exultingly say, not to the strong is the battle, not to the swift is the race, Yet to the true and the faithful victory is promised through grace. 
conquering now and still to conquer. Who is this wonderful king? Whence are the armies which he lead? While of his glory they sing. He is our Lord and Redeemer, Savior and Monarch Divine. They are the stars that forever bright in his kingdom will shine. Conquering now and still to conquer, Jesus, thou ruler of all, thrones and their scepters all shall perish, crowns and their splendor shall fall. Yet shall the armies thou leadest, faithful and true to the last, find in thy kingdom eternal rest when their warfare is past. All right, I'm going to close on that. I have... I'm really not going to do a whole lot of editing to the to this this time. I'm too tired, and um, I just really want to get this out. So pardon the rawness of this, um, but I hope this helps this week. I just, I, for some reason, I felt really burdened to, to post this. It's not directly related to restoring history, but in a way it is. Um, and so I just really wanted, I wanted to just have a conversation. So I'm going to end with a uh, passage in scriptures that my kids and I memorized last, was it last year for school? It was part of our curriculum. And it just it hit home to me again that this is a battle. Um, he uses battle language and yet he also reminds us that God is on our side. So Romans 8, we'll start with this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Do you guys remember it? Yeah. You want to join me? Sure. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who is raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. With that, I wish you all a very good night.